This Claves Online exclusive podcast is brought to you by Fast Eddie's Bonaire, powered by Ameren, Illinois. From early mornings to late nights, your neighbors are busy creating a better tomorrow. And at Ameren, Illinois, we're accelerating progress. From upgrading natural gas mains in Quincy to expanding substation capacity in Mount Vernon, Learn more at AmarinIllinois.com slash FutureGrid. Amarin, Illinois. Energy at work. Did you know that at Munganass Alton Toyota, you can rent a car? Visit Munganass at AltonToyota.com or call them at 618-208-2400 and set up an appointment to visit Munganass Alton Toyota at 850 Homer Adams Parkway in Alton, Illinois. Mike Claiborne here with Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. And Ryan, I've heard so much about the Hero Loan. Tell me about it. Absolutely. If you're VA eligible, there's no better loan out there. We'll pay for your appraisal and rates are about a full point lower. Apply online today at Hero.loan. Once again, Mike Claiborne here. And we have a chance to talk with Cardinal right-hander Jack Flaherty, who was uh, in full full gorilla, as we like to say, as far as spring training is concerned. You've had a bullpen. So first of all, let's talk about how things are going for you bullpen-wise. You had one. You actually faced some hitters with bats in their hands uh, compared to, I'm sure, where you were working out in the offseason. They may have a guy standing in the box, but these guys may be a little bit better than what you faced. So how did you think things went? Uh, You know, it's always interesting the first time you get a hitter in there. Um, Just a different feeling. You know, you tend to overthrow things a little bit, try to make things a little bit better than they need to be. So just from a mental standpoint, it was good to get somebody in there, uh, try to hit your stuff. You know, if you're working on something or trying something out, you can get a little bit better of a feel and get some get some more feedback as opposed to, you know, somebody receiving your stuff or somebody watching. It's a little bit different when you get a hitter in there trying to hit it um, and who's willing to give you feedback, too. Yeah, and that's interesting you bring that up. Uh, some hitters will, will back off and not give you much uh, for a couple of reasons. One, they may have to face you someday. Two, they don't want to give the other guy too much ammunition. But in your situation, when you say work on things, are you working on different pitches or are you working on something new or are you just trying to play with some things just to get a feel? Just playing with things, trying to get a feel and uh, seeing how things react. You know, For me, just making sure pitches are in the same spot like where they need to be. You know, that the, the slider's breaking the way it needs to, curveball's breaking the way it needs to, fastball has the, you know, the life it needs to. Um, and you can kind of see where your fastball is at just based on how they react to things. And, you know, if they're taking your, your slider, you know, maybe they'll tell you, hey, it's a little flat today. You know, it might feel good in bullpens. And then the second you get a hitter in there, they might tell you something different. So you can just, you're able to read swings and know how, you know, a hitter should react to a certain pitch. And if they don't, then hopefully there's a communication where they're able to help you out. How much do you pay attention to velocity? Um, you know, we've seen guys come in the game and they want to go 97. They want to go 98. They want to go 99 and they want to wow people, but they don't have the control. It might be a little too flat. So what's your comfort zone with regard to velocity and when you know you can do things off of your fastball? I think the the hitter is going to tell you exactly where your velo is at. Some guys hit the fastball a little bit better than others, but also some days your fastball is going to play different. Um than it is you know some guys throw 99 and you know hitter may come back and be like that just doesn't feel like 99 some guys may throw 94 and hitters will come back like it looks it feels like he's throwing 100 out there so <laughs> everybody's different um at least for myself like when i get into a game 
a hitter is going to tell me exactly where my fastball velo is at. I might have a little bit more giddy up on it one day. And, you know, another day I may have to just focus on locating it a little bit more. So, yeah, the hitter will tell you everything you need to know about your velo. It's cool to look up at the scoreboard and see where you're at, but then the hitter is going to tell you. Now, when you watch hitters and their reaction, you watching their swing, you watching footwork, you watching their their eyes. What, what's the, what are the keys for you to see if it's working or if you may need to adjust? All different things: their takes, their swings. Are they early? Are they late? Did they see it well? Was it like a good take? Was it kind of in between? Um, did they just get lucky with a good take? Sometimes you throw a really good pitch and you just like you kind of guess and maybe you chalk it up, be like, ah, that's just. That's just a lucky. That's a lucky take. I'm gonna try that again. Um, sometimes you're wrong. So you you look at everything. You look at the way they take it. You look at their feet. Sometimes their hip, whether or not their hips flying open. Uh, if they're cheating, but you, you see it in their timing. You know, if they're on time for the fastball, whatnot. You know, I always like to remind people that as good of a pitcher might be, you know, they pay that guy with a bat in his hand a lot of money to mm-hmm. do some damage as well, and they're gonna get you from time to time. Uh, how much of a memory do you have in those situations where, yeah, he got me and I gave him a really good pitch and he just took care of it compared to saying, all right, I don't want to throw that pitch again. Or or are you one of those guys that say, I think my pitch is going to be better than his swing. I'm always going to take my pitch over over his swing, but I'm going to remember, you know, maybe an approach that a guy had, you know, if you got me in a situation or whatnot, or if I, especially if I got him, you know, I remember the sequence. I remember, you know, the approach he had or the, the takes he took. But definitely on certain pitches, maybe it wasn't your best one. You might you might have thought like, oh, you threw a really good pitch. And you go and watch the video and you're like, oh, it really it wasn't like it was it was mm-hmm. over the plate. And I actually made a mistake. And usually that's what it is. Usually a lot of the the pitches that get, you know, a guy gets you because you're going to get got guys are going to hit homers off you. It's just going to happen. A lot of those tend to be mistakes. You may think it was a lot better than it was, but it usually tends to be a mistake. So. You ever had that situation where you really had second thoughts about throwing a pitch and this moment you throw it, you know, it's going to be a pitch that's going to give you trouble. Or are you one of those ones that you'll step off and take a deep breath, maybe shake off the sign to make sure you have more confidence in the pitch? Because I've seen where guys, when they get in between and they're not sure, they throw a pitch without the confidence behind it. And the next thing you know, they're using a new baseball because that one is unplayable. That's one of the things we talk about is is throwing with conviction, which is what I've always been about. So if I'm unsure about a pitch, I either won't throw it and I'll shake it off or, you know, I may be all about it and and then I get it some, some I don't know what it is, something just clicks with me like, yeah, maybe that's not it. And so I will, uh, I'll step off, regroup and see when he puts it down again, if I still want to throw it or not. So it just is, is making sure you're convicted behind every pitch. I try to not throw anything unless I wholeheartedly believe in it where, you know, I can deal with the, I can deal with the result at the end of the day. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the the game. Um, There's still this rumor that the hitters are going to be pitchers and the pitchers are going to be hitters. How much have you swung the bat from last year? I mean, obviously with no DH last year, you may have been in a cage in the off season. I don't know. I know you take pride in your hitting. So where are you at with that at this point? It's a work in progress right now because I didn't swing at all last year. Once we left spring training, I didn't swing. I think I swung about one time once we left spring training. And then in the offseason, I, I swung about one time, I think. So we're st- kind of starting from scratch this spring. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, boy. But at the end of the day, it comes down to we just need more game reps. 
Mm-hmm. We could take all the reps we want in the cage, but we don't ever get any game reps. We'll take, you know, the last couple of years, it's been, we go in the, the last like two games of spring and we get like four at bats. And we're like, okay, go ahead and let's, let's try to hit in season. Or just like, where's our game? We haven't hit any, like we, we probably need more reps this year considering we didn't hit for a whole year. Yeah, and that's something that, that I'm wondering about. How are you going to get them? We already are going to have a short season in spring training. Um, you know, and you're not going to be going nine innings. You may not even be around when it's your turn to bat because in a lot of cases you'll start off slow and maybe get three innings here and maybe you'll have a chance to swing. But I'm thinking in that situation, you may not be in a position where you may not be be able to hit a lot. So how are you going to fix that in the, in a short spring training? You got to find ways. You got to find ways to do it with your cage work. You got to find ways to convince them to give you more at bats in spring. You know, uh, you got to pr- a lot of it is about staying healthy and making sure that, you know, getting through spring is really just about staying healthy and not getting hurt. But, you know, if, if we're going to have to go do it in, in 30 starts, 35 starts and have to go hit in each and every one of those, you kind of got to get your reps in spring and figure out ways to do it, no matter what that looks like. Are you confident that we will have uh, pitchers hitting? I know there's been some discussion that baseball has changed on the fly before, and we still have a lot of time left in spring training where they may just say, all right, we're going to go with the DH. Do you think that's something that's possible? Uh, I don't know. True, truly, I don't know what where we're at. Um, I know it's been rumored on both sides that, we might have the DH. It's been rumored. It's been said as of right now that we're not going to have a DH. So, as of right now, I, I, I truly don't know. But you'll be ready one way or the other. Absolutely, I'll definitely be ready. I, I thought box. you would, be. One, of course. <laughs> hey, you know, last year was a was a trying year for everybody. Uh, obviously, COVID things going on in this country. Uh, what did you take away from last year uh, as a person, and what was going on a in your life? be in this country and certainly in the game of baseball, what are some of the things you took away that you wanted to try and keep with you for 2021? At least from a team perspective, you know, our team can handle a lot of adversity. You know, we sat out for 15 games or 15 days, whatever it was, had to play however many doubleheaders it was. And for our team and our guys to go through that, and especially with me not pitching all that well and, um, guys to just get us in a situation to to get to the playoffs and then get in the playoffs and then put up a fight against the you know being a couple pitches away here and there from uh from beating the Padres so um from a team perspective we can handle adversity and then uh for me you know it just brought me back to getting back to my roots and you know got away from a couple things with all that time off and uh just brought me back to figure out you know who I was what made me me what, what made me the pitcher that I am and um just spending my time the right way. It was, it was just a, you know, it was good. It was good to get a, you know, the first quarantine when we got sent home from spring training, it was good to have uh it's probably the most family time I've had in a while with me, with myself, uh, my mom and my brother all under the same roof. So it was good. It was good to have that. And uh, it was nice to, to have that, that family time and, and just remember what that feels like. You know, I've heard that a lot uh, from players who talked about being around family because th- this was a time in your life and in your in the year that you're never home. Now, I don't care yeah. whether you're in high school, you're, you're playing somewhere. And then obviously, since you've been in professional baseball, you're never home and, and things yeah. are different. Uh, did they ever look at you like, 
when are you going back to work? I mean, you didn't overstay your welcome, did you? Nah, my mom was always like that. She was she was like, it's great to have you home, but like, can you leave? I'm trying to watch it. <laughs> I need something to watch. Like, I love having you here. I love having you and Grady here, but like, you guys need to figure this out because I'm trying to watch baseball. Like, I'm 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 sick of cooking dinner for both of you guys every night. <laughs> it was you you know a lot of times, and, and I know you didn't go to college, but they always talk about that first semester you come home from college and you can eat your family out of house and home. Was it like that for you? Were you you putting a real stress on the food bill? A little bit. I mean, that's that's just the way it was. You know, she was so happy to have us home, and she was cooking all the time, baking, making everything. And then after a couple months, she was just kind of tired of it. It was just like, <laughs> man, this has been great, but I miss watching you guys play baseball. Like that's what I'm trying to see. So, um, it was one of those things. It was good to have. It was good to be home. She liked she liked having me home, and then you know, got to the point of like, all right, you need to go. Somewhere you you just can't stay here. Yeah. Hey, you know this season, this off season was really really slow, and then all of a sudden Adam signs, and then mm-hmm. the rumor goes out about Arenado. Now this is the same thing we heard last year. What went through your mind when you first heard that the Arenado deal might be real this time? Here we go again. I was just, I just, it was just another rumor. Um, yeah, I was just like, it's just another rumor. One of one of the guys texted me, I think the morning of, I think the athletic wrote an article about it and he sent it. And I was just like, this ain't, this is, this ain't going to happen. I don't know why we're getting excited. Like I'm, I'm happy we got Wayno back. Um, but I was just like, I thought nothing of it, to be honest. And then obviously things happened really quick that day. And then all of a sudden it takes place. Then Yachty comes back and here we go because spring training is just around the corner. So have you had a chance to really digest and then look over and realize, you know, we have one of the best players in the game and he's on our team to go along with some other good players you have on your team. I think that that first spring training game we play, hopefully he's in there, but that's when it'll really hit of like, yeah, this guy's on our team. Like we got to, like this guy's over at third base right now, and he's he's gonna be with us. So, I think that's what it'll hit. It's it's nice, you know, seeing him around, seeing him in the locker room, seeing him, you know, take BP and whatnot. I haven't had too much time to interact because that's just the way it's been with uh, with protocols and whatnot, and, and and just trying to you know do the best we can. But uh, but yeah, it, it's been good to see him around. You mentioned protocols, and I was wanted to ask you about that because I don't know anybody who is more vigilant. Than you were last year, I think you and I talked about getting together for a bite or whatever, and you were like, lock, you were on ultra lockdown. What's it been like this year? Because you guys learned a valuable lesson on what could happen once the, the virus hits a ball club. What's it been like this year? And do you think we'll ever get back to something more normal where guys can interact more? Because I think one of the great things about this game is the fact when guys are around each other and they can talk the game and have fun and get to know each other and learn yep. how to play for each other. Uh, what's that been like for you? That's That's been the part that's been missing the most is that we don't get to spend as much time at the field. You don't sit around in the clubhouse as much with everybody. You know, even right now, normally we got 70 guys in the – in the, in the in the locker room but this year we got everybody kind of split up through three different ones and you got everybody in spring from from the minor league you know minor league spring training to the big league spring training you got a bunch of guys running around but it's a little bit less so you just spend a less time at the field and you spend less time in the clubhouse kind of bsing 
less time in the weight room, BS and, and, and those are things you miss, you know, you miss, yeah, you was going out to dinners and getting together with everybody, but really it's just the time of the field that you just kind of hang out there and get lost, you know, after the game or after, you know, practice and you just sit around and eat and, you know, usually in spring training, it's the, it's, it's the mornings with breakfast, everybody's sitting around and just talking, having you guys in the media come in and, you know, BS with you guys. So, it's uh, it's a little bit different. I think at some point we'll get back to a little bit normal. You know, for you with all this free time you have, what have you what are you doing with it? Are you picking up any hobbies? Uh, I, I'm know? not doing anything. I'm watching video, <laughs> more video. Now, uh, video of, of baseball, of games, or baseball, movies, or? basketball, but a lot of baseball video, just like old pictures and whatnot, some hitters. Who's uh, caught your eye then in that situation? You watch some people in the from the past. Who who are some guys that have caught your eye? I just found something. I was watching like old. Uh, I guess not super old, but I was watching some Roy Holiday highlights, um, some Jose Fernandez stuff, some uh, Degrom from eighteen, old Zach Greinke from oh. I don't forget. I forget what year he won a Cy Young in KC. Um, but yeah, you know, I've been watching a little bit of basketball here and there. Put it on the background. A little basketball. Let's let's talk some basketball. I'll get back to the baseball in a bit. I'm a little worried about this Laker team. <laughs> they do this. They're letting Quinn worried. Cook go. That's they're letting Quinn Cook go. That's that. The Quinn's a winner. Well, I, I think they were trying to open up some space because they were supposedly going after. Um, um the big fella um cousins but mm-hmm. now i understand hassan Whiteside is a guy that they, they need something in the middle and they, i think they need another guard they just need to get to the playoffs it's not going to look pretty the rest of this regular season especially mm-hmm. if anthony davis is out i don't think you know Braun's going to carry them as much as he has to but he also just knows we just got to get to the playoffs like we just, they took the shortest amount of time off. You see how it's affecting the heat. They aren't the same. The Lakers came out hot. They're, they're playing, they're still playing good basketball. They're in all these games. They just need to close these games out. I mean, they've lost too many close games. Uh, you know, last night to the Wizards, um, they lost the heat game that was close. Um, one other one that was close. It's not like they're getting blown out. They're they're in every game. So if you just you add Anthony Davis in there, but they just they got to close these games out. I mean, I, yeah. How how much for you has the lo- loss of not having fans had an impact on you? I really think this is one of the reasons why we see so many up and down games or up and down yeah. teams in the NBA and the NHL because of the lack of fan energy in a building. So at a ballpark for you, how much do you think that's had an impact on maybe the inconsistency we saw last year along with trying to fight off COVID? Did you yeah. see did you see the feel that a little bit? I think it impacted everybody in different ways. Um, you know, you go to basketball, I think they didn't really feel it when they was in the bubble because it wasn't in like their full arenas. Um, and now you're seeing a little bit more. You see it in college basketball with no fans at home games. There's no real home field advantage. Mm-hmm. People are more comfortable playing on the road. Whereas normally, like you go on the road, you go into those environments, like you gotta be you gotta be for real to go into certain places and win. Um so I, I think last year being in 
those empty stadiums for the first time. Like you can only get that during BP. And then to play a game like that, it was it was weird. It'll be nice to have some type of fans there, hopefully. Um, and obviously it won't be sold out, but to have some type of uh, fan interaction and have that there will, will be good. You know, when you talk about fan interaction, with no fans, you hear a little bit more chirping. Did you hear a little bit more chirping from dugouts this year, or is, is that a, a lost art in baseball? There used to be what they call a bench jockey, and he could give it to people from the dugout or wherever. And, you know, sometimes he could get under your skin or he'd say something funny or whatever the case may be. I'm wondering, with no fans in the ballpark, did you hear more conversation from dugout or to the field? For the games that I was there, because I wasn't at a lot of the That's games. That's right. You were exiled. At, you couldn't stay, right? Yeah. Yeah, they had the starters go home a lot. For the games I was there, I didn't hear too much extra. I think guys were very cognizant of the fact that you could hear everything. And you, even in big situations and whatnot, you know, usually you get the crowd up and going and, and you know, you get a big punch out or something. You, like, have that emotion. It was kind of like everybody was a little bit subdued and, like, didn't know how to react to certain things. But um, – when I was in the dugout, I was still giving it to whoever. It didn't. It didn't change anything on my end. I don't care if they could hear me or whatnot. I, I hope they could. Um, so you're a yeah. chirper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris Archer. He was telling me we, because we work at the same facility. He was talking. He asked me. He was like, "Who?" When he was with, when he was with Pirates in '19, he was asking. He was like, "Who was it that was was leading the charge of of just chirping nonstop?" Because he got done with the game and he like looked in our dugout and was like mad. And I was like, bro, that was me. I started, I was the one doing that. He said, What? So yeah, so it's it's and it, but if somebody does it to me, like the, the team you could hear it from was the Cubs when 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 we would go there, they tried to create whatever they could. And it was fun. Like it was fun to to hear that like you could hear everything that they said. So I could hear everything while, while I was on the mountain. It was it was fun. It was cool to have. Did you take names? No, ain't no names to be taken. Ain't no names right. to be took. I mean, you know, sometimes guys remember a guy, he's chirping from the dugout when he comes out to bat, you know, you you bear down on him a little bit more. Yeah, no, ain't no names to be took. If I'm gonna if I'm if I'm gonna do it, I gotta be okay with somebody coming back with it. Okay. All right. You're you're fun and flexible. All right, one other <laughs> thing before we get out of here. Uh, offseason also had you involved in arbitration. And and I know that uh arbitration and is not an easy thing to do. The Cardinals had not lost one. Gosh, you go back to the 90s. They've been involved in a couple. I remember the Michael Walker one. That That's not a neat experience. That's not a fun day at the beach. What was it like for you? I mean, the whole process of itself is, is it sucks. I'm trying to find the best way to describe it. It's just, it's not, a, it's not a fun process to go through. It's even with trying to decide your value, like you got to look back at, previous players and you got to comp yourself to somebody which is great and all like you have previous which is you know how salaries work too when you you know go into free agency and you comp yourself to somebody else but the free agent market has accounted for inflation whereas the arbitration system is still like it's still the same and you know guys get signed out of going into the arbitration process they sign deals to stay out of it and you know it hurts the system a little bit so the system of itself is is not good and it definitely was not built 
to come off of a year like 2020 for a bunch of the first year guys. Um, and so it was, it, it was just, it was, I don't want to say it was eye opening, um, but it was interesting to sit through. It was interesting to hear, um, hear a bunch of things and really interesting just to learn about the process and that it, it is, it's, it's not good. Do you think there's change on the horizon with a collective bargaining agreement about to expire? You never know. I don't hold all the cards in that. I can have my say and in my view and my opinion on it, but you would hope so. You would hope that there's changes to be made to the arbitration system. There's changes to be made to to rookie salaries and minimums and that guys are on minimums for three years. Um, and, you know, you, you see with, old buddy with the Mariners just being very open about the fact that they were going to manipulate the system. I mean, we don't even have to do anything at this point. Like he said it, he said that they were going to hold the other dude down. They weren't going to call guys up during 2020. They weren't, he said, they weren't calling prospects up. Their clocks were not going to start. They weren't going to win. So we're not going to call their guys up. He talked about the, I forget his name. I'm sorry that Mather. No, not even him. Forget oh. his name. He's gone. The the prospect that they talked about. Oh, yeah, yeah. He talked about the fact he doesn't know he doesn't know English and and that he wasn't going to get called up for like 3 years. Um you could you see it. And then you know, he's, it's it's yeah. It, it wasn't it, a good day for the owners to have the president of a team come out just basically put all the cards on the table on what their plan was. It wasn't, but, but you see it. We 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 all see it. It's right in front of us. But there it was. There it was directly laid out. Your situation, although you were in arbitration with the team you play for, you didn't take it personal. I know there was there was some who felt like, well, he's going to be upset by this. And I guess some of the memes that you put on 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 your Instagram account indicated, you know, well, you know, yeah. I'm not happy with it. That was directed more at the system or the team. I mean, more the system. I mean, look, it feels good. It, it sucks to call it a win. It feels good to to win and have like what you, you know, you look at the slate of players who went through it and you look at what you think your value is and to come away and be like, yeah, you know, we're right. Like our we, we valued myself exactly where it should be. You know, had it been a different uh a full 2020 season, it might've been even, even more different than what it was. So is it nice to walk away from that and be like, and you know, that man's a, I had to wait a whole week because they had like four other arb hearings to go through. So I went first, I got a whole week to wait for, which also doesn't make sense. Why, why am I got to wait a week to hear about the here, the answer, the response comes in in 24 hours and I got to wait a whole week to, to hear it because they got to, they have to wait for these other guys to go. I'm like, why are these not in back-to-back days or could happen simultaneously on the same day? I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'm not sure, but it, you know, it, it is just like, you know, some of the things that, that they have to dig up or who they, or who they, or who you have to get compared to. That's, I'm sorry. I think we just got a thing going on, but yeah, you got something working there. That's where it's more taken. Like when you see who, like the comparisons that have to get drawn. Uh, that's that's where it's like, all right, well, this is a part of the process. It sucks, but you know, you just take notes. 
And with that, we'll take a we'll take a leave with the alarm going off. We would well. <laughs> that's the live part of this business, the fun part of this business. You never know what to expect. Jack Flaherty's creating an alarm, folks, somewhere. Hey, man, it's always great to visit with you. Stay healthy, have fun this year, and uh, thanks for your time as always. And uh, go check on that alarm. Appreciate it, Clips.